Late Night Council is a production of Council Communications. This is Late Night Council. This is bigger. This is very big. There's definitely something here. Apparently, it's a big deal. It's all over the news. It's a real thing. A radio signal from another world. Who's John Council? That's my grandpa. Well, your story is very compelling. Your chance to make history. It's pretty cool, I guess. Give it to me straight. John, you're in charge. Oh, I'm having a good day. Having a good day. Having a really, really good day. Welcome to Ask the Pastor. Welcome to Late Night Council. The show has two titles. The main one is Late Night Council. You know, that's the website, Late Night Council. Uh, but w- what we do here on Late Night Council on Sunday nights is Ask the Pastor. Now, I- I'm not your typical pastor. And uh, I-, I tried being a typical pastor, and it never really worked that well, you know? And, uh, um, well, yeah, it did. I guess, yeah, it worked really, really well. But, you know... Why am I saying what I'm saying? Jesus did not get crucified for saying nice things, okay? And uh, if you go with the biblical definition of of a Christian, and, you know, if you're listening for the first time, uh, just hang with me for a few minutes here. You regular listeners, you know where I'm coming from. You've heard me say this often before. Okay, if you go with the biblical definition of a Christian, which we do on this program here, I'm not interested in, you know, cultural definitions because, um, you know, cultural Christians do a lot of very unchristlike things. But biblical Christians, they're obsessed with Christ. They really believe he's God, and they really believe that their behavior matters. They really believe that they can, they can channel, as it were, the power of God through themselves when they are lined up properly with God. And uh, uh, so when I say I'm, I'm not a typical pastor, I find, I don't know. Well, maybe you could, you know, if you want me to go deeper on that, you give me a call. Because it's open line, open topic. You can talk about whatever you want to talk about tonight. I'll tell you why I'm happy. A uh, very superficial reason, but I'm human like you are. Okay. Uh, uh, 343-743-90 is uh, the capital region line. That's 343-743-90. If you're listening uh, in around the Ottawa area, you know, if you if you got a map handy, and uh, you look at the Parliament buildings, okay? If you look at the Parliament buildings, and you draw about a, oh, about a 75 to 100-kilometer radius around the Parliament buildings, you could probably get us at 343-743-90. That's the Capital Region Line. 343-743-90. Now, if you're calling from anywhere else in North America, I'm sorry, we do not have free line access into Britain yet. We don't have it into Mexico, even though it's part of North America, okay? I mean the states and Canada, okay? If you're in Guadalajara, if you're in Cozumel uh, and you're at a destination wedding this weekend and you couldn't miss your fix of late night cancel, I'm sorry you will have to go to the international operator and connect you with our toll-free line that is good for all over the continental United States and Alaska and Hawaii and Guam, yes, Guam, which is part of, I guess, the, the states, and they've got uh, they get to use the same uh, 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 American uh, area codes. And uh, the the, the toll free line, if you're calling from, oh, I don't know, if you're calling from uh, Dingwell's uh, Mills, uh, Prince Edward Island, if you're calling from um, Oh Bortush, 
Alabama. Now, you remember that song by ZZ Top? I, I, I go downtown looking for, well, it's Bortush. It was, they were singing in Alabama. If you're uh, 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 calling from New York, Florida. Actually, if you're calling from New York, New York, you're going to get through too. But even New York, Florida, or Asphalt, Kentucky. Oh, that sounds like a real green, environmentally friendly place, doesn't it? Asphalt, Kentucky. 1-844-562-4766 is your number. That's 1-844-562-4766. You can email me. It's got to be under six lines. J Council. J, no, it's not. That's the old address. JC at latenightcouncil.com. There it is. JC at latenightcouncil.com. Get it under six lines. And uh, you can contribute to the show that way. Uh, you can um, um, get me responding and ticking me off or making me really happy. I don't know. Whatever you want to do. It's kind of like you're really in the driver's seat. I know it's my show. I know I get to decide what I uh, want to talk about. But if you, if you go in another direction, I'm going to follow you, especially if you're phoning in. Because callers really take precedence. Because like uh, the, the technology we've got going here and the online services we have, uh, we pay the most for those ones. So we like them being used, if you don't mind. Okay, one eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four L N C is on. If that helps you remember better. Uh, you can tweet at me at JW Council. I love Twitter. I'm not into Instagram. I don't care. Okay, Snapchat. Don't care. Anybody that's really important and really doing anything is on Twitter, you know, and and the most intelligent people that are out there making comments, they're on Twitter. I didn't say it was one of them. I follow them. Okay, there's really intelligent people. And if you think I'm intelligent, well, that's fine. I'm not, you know, that's not my goal in life. And I mean, I don't don't want to be stupid, but it's more important for me to be Christ-like. If I need to explain that to you, feel free to call in. I got all kinds of stuff. I cannot fit everything I want to talk about into two hours. I rarely can, so I try and prioritize. Okay, I really want to talk about this, so let's start with that. I really want to talk about uh, Do my best, okay? So one eight four four five six two four seven six six for all over North America, uh, not including Mexico. Sorry, they're not racist or anything. It's just I wish we could get into Mexico. You know, get some calls from there. one eight four four five six two four seven six six. And if you're calling from the capital region, three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. That's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety. And uh, jc at latenightcouncil.com is the email address. Um, I am happy, and I know I should be more mature, and I know I should grow up, and I know I shouldn't be affected by stuff like this, but but I am. My beloved Ottawa Senators knocked off the Boston Bruins tonight in six games to advance to round two. That makes me a happy camper, okay? Especially knowing that, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, the first place Montreal Canadiens, the first place Montreal Canadiens, whose fans are telling me all the time, you know, that they won 24 cups, the best team ever. Yeah, well, you know, they won most of those cups when it wasn't even real hockey. It was like back when they had six teams. And if you didn't win once every six years, you were garbage, okay? So it's pretty easy to win the cup back then, okay? But but still, okay, a, a storied franchise, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah. Well, my team still survived. And this whole talk of, you know, the James Norris trophy, which is given to, you know, the best defenseman in the league. And a lot of the American media, they're touting uh, Brent Burns, who because he scored a lot of goals and he plays for the San Jose Sharks and he's never won the James Norris trophy. Yeah. Well, Brent Burns is out of the playoffs now. OK. And Eric Carlson who we found out after the series today, he told ESPN that he's been playing the entire series with two hairline fractures in his foot. Can you say Bobby Bond? Now, if you don't know who Bobby Bond is, that comment makes no sense to you. But those of you do, who do know who Bobby Bond is, you know what I'm talking about, okay? 
there's your Norris Trophy winner, if there's any fairness in the world. But the media doesn't really like Ottawa as far as sports are concerned. I think it's probably because, you know, we've got the reputation across Canada as being this fat cat government town where we get all kinds of breaks and all kinds of perks and everything. So, you know, we don't have a lot of we don't have a fan base outside of the capital region for our hockey team here. Well, the fact is that, you know, they, they're moving on to the next round of playoffs and I'm a tickle pick. Now, you know, I say all the time, OK, ask the pastor, going to take a biblical perspective on everything. OK. What's uh, what's the biblical perspective I could take on the sins moving into the second round? Well, here it comes. Okay, here it comes. I was leading up to something. And if anybody can get this quote, if you PVR'd the game and you got the quote that went on the screen at the end of the game, you know what I'm talking about already, okay? This is Ask the Pastor stuff now I'm moving into. I know you, you, you're you very patient. You put up with my you know uh, hockey obsession, my Ottawa Senators obsession. But tonight's game, okay, the the winning series goal was scored by none other than Clark MacArthur. Clark MacArthur, who missed almost two years of his career because of a, a horrible concussion. Well, two concussions. He had a concussion, lost a year of play, came back in training camp, had another concussion. The guy hasn't played. Nobody expected. I mean, people weren't even expecting him to, to, to play anymore. They figured, pack it in, man. You, it's too dangerous. The guy comes back with about two or three games to go in the regular season. People are thrilled. They can't believe it. He's made it all the way back to the NHL. Well, stink if that guy didn't win the, the, the series-winning goal, score the series-winning goal uh, to advance the centers to the next round. So they're making big hype about him after the show and everything. And apparently... And, and, and if somebody saw this on TV and you want to call in and correct me, I don't know if I got my facts right. It was uh, 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 he, somebody sent a quote. No, it was either Joel Osteen or somebody gave him a Joel Osteen or it might have been Joel Osteen himself. OK, who sent him a quote, something about it's when you when you're about to give up that that's that's you're, you're the, the greatest candidate for God to do something wonderful in your life. And it's only through pursuing your dream that you can be everything that God always wanted you to be. Now, what's significant about that? I'm not a big Joel Osteen fan, okay? I think his theology is ridiculously shallow. But having said that, that's the first time I have ever witnessed a gospel preacher quoted on an NHL hockey postgame broadcast. And not only did they quote it, Ron McLean wrote, read the thing out, and they put it on the screen. And if somebody could, I have not seen a tweet of a screenshot. If anybody PVR'd that game, or they can give me that quote, I, I, I would love to get it out on the air. Because, like, I mean, it hit me so fast, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. And I wasn't PVRing the game. I should have whipped out the, you know, the, the iPhone right away and taken a screenshot of the screen. So I could have shared that quote with you. I have never, I have never heard a, a gospel preaching preacher okay when i say gospel preaching preaching about christ preaching about i mean that's what joel osteen is okay we can argue the merits or you know how much you like him or dislike him uh, you know if you, if you want to call in but there it is man in full color it had a blue background white letters it was beautiful and 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 here he is they're quoting a gospel preacher and he's current too he's not somebody that you know from the aeons of history uh in an nhl broadcast i was quite impressed not a joel osteen fan but i'm a gospel fan I'm a, I'm, you know, I'm a Bible fan. I think that's terrific, and I, absolutely delightful. I was thrilled, and you know, one asked the pastor when you when you listen to my show, I'm going to be pretty quick to to point out uh, the incongruities and the hypocrisy and the ridiculousness and the outright often hatred that is, you know, that media gets away with against Christians and against everything that smacks 
of uh, biblical Christianity. So when I see something like that, I want to celebrate it. I do. I think it's great. If you saw it, and if you can give me the exact quote, or if you you got a comment on whatever, okay, whatever's on your mind tonight, it is open line, open topic, all the way to 11 o'clock. Hey, if we get calls, we may even go past 11. I don't know. We'll see, okay? 343-700-4390 in uh, the Capital Region. That's 343-700-4390. Let's see. Um, 1-844-562-4766 is the long-distance line. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at Late Night Council. Dot com is the email address, jc at late night com, And you can tweet at me at jwcouncil. i got a whole selection of tunes for you tonight. So uh, after the bumper music, okay, after the bumper music, got a really, really uh, uh, cool tune, okay, that I was going to play last week, but it, it never got out there. And uh, uh, we're going to do it tonight, okay? And uh, more, lots of stuff, more stuff that I can pack into two hours. You're going to have a good time staying with us tonight. Stay with us.
Welcome back. It's 19 minutes after 9. Eastern Daylight Time. Oh, isn't it nice? Sun shining all the time. Yeah, it was nice here in Ottawa. We had one of the most beautiful days we've had so far this year. Uh, I think it was 19 Celsius above. But the entire city was in the house watching the hockey game because it was at 3 p.m. this afternoon. (laughs) Who needs sunshine when your team's in the playoffs? We are so Canadian here. 343-743-90 is uh, the Capital Region line. That's 343-743-90. That is the long-distance line. It's 1-844-562-4766. It is always open line, open topic. I'm always loaded wall-to-wall with stuff to yak about, but I'd rather hear from you. And calls take precedence over emails. I've got some really good emails that have already come in, and uh, hopefully we're going to use them tonight. Okay? Uh, JC at LateNightCouncil.com. Keep it under six lines. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Were you a fan of Happy Days? Remember Happy Days? I liked it the first season. The first season, and I don't know for how many shows. I think it was maybe for four to six shows. And, of course, Happy Days, for those of you that are not old enough to remember, oh, some of you probably don't remember American Graffiti. American Graffiti was George Lucas of Star Wars fame. It was his second major feature film. His first one was a science fiction epic called THX 1138, which is really cool. Like, if you, when you consider the low budget that George Lucas had to work with on, on, on THX uh, 1138, it, it's a very, very good movie. Uh, but the, his big break, the movie that, that got him on the map and everybody noticed, hey, this guy's good, was American Graffiti. And uh, in the 70s, it, it, it just it, it, it rode the forefront of a 50s revival and, uh, uh, you know, in music and everything else. And, and uh, um, Happy Days was a spinoff. In other words, Hollywood realized, boy, you know, we got to put a TV series out there with people, all everybody interested in, you know, uh, the 50s. we got to put out a TV series. So that's how Happy Days got started. Now, I always loved Happy Days, especially the first four to six weeks, because the original theme song, when the show opened, was it not? Now, you remember Happy Days. Those of you who remember, you remember the show. Monday, Tuesday, Happy Days. When the weekend comes, we're spending all week with you, blah, blah. You know, these Happy Days are yours and mine. Happy Days. But for the first four to six shows, the original opening, if you remember, was Bill Haley and the Comets Rock Around the Clock. Now, I'm 13 years old, you know, and I loved that stuff back then, okay? So I was hooked at the beginning. Until I was introduced to the character of Joni, Richie's little sister. Oh, she was annoying. I didn't like her at all. Just never liked her. And, then, and you know, I, I don't know anything about the girl, but just didn't like her. She, and, and then, you know, they had a spinoff series that thankfully didn't last, I think, longer than the season. Joni Loves Chachi. Anybody remember that? Well, Joni died today. Aaron Moran. Aaron Moran, who played Joni Loves Chachi. She was only 56. She's younger than me. Okay? And she died today. Now... Henry Winkler, the guy that played Fonzie, said something in a tweet that caught my attention big time. And as soon as I saw it, I thought, whoa, we're going to talk about that on Ask the Pastor today. Okay? And I want to get to that, but I do have somebody on the phone, and calls take precedence even over the stuff that I want to talk about. So I'm going to bring on, let's get thick. This is a caller thing working here. If I can get it working. There it is. Who's on the line? Who's there? 
Hi, John. It's uh, Steve calling from Vanier. Hi, Steve. How you doing, buddy? Hey, doing really good, really good. Now, can you hear me? Can you hear me loud and clear? I certainly can. Because I can hear you loud and clear, and that's good because we've had some technical issues with callers, and I can hear you, so that's a good thing. What's on your mind tonight, buddy? Oh, not a whole lot. I just wanted to say hi. I was out enjoying the sunshine today. I didn't watch the game because oh, now, Steve, sunshine Steve, just you don't president. call my show just to yeah. say hi. You got to have something to say. You got to have something oh, to contribute now, okay? This is a I talk do, yeah. on the back well, fence. You know, how much did you get your wrench for at Canadian Tire type stuff? Did you win a free coffee at Roll Up the Rim, okay? And did you finally fix no, that no. antenna on your roof there? Okay. No. Please, Steve, tell me you got something more to say than just hi. Of course, I've got more to and say. And what is that, Steve? You know, I've always got more to say. Well, but, I don't no, I know that. You my, haven't earned that on reputation on today. my show yet, Steve. You have not earned that reputation <laughs> yet that you always have something to say. Okay? I, I really hope All what right. you're saying is true. Okay? So, what's on your mind? Well, it, I uh, have a coworker that I work with. He's uh, um, a self-proclaimed atheist. Self-proclaimed and, atheist. Uh, well, there's probably not a lot well, of people at your work that are going to go around pointing a finger and saying, you're an atheist. So usually an atheist is somebody right. that is self-proclaimed anyway, you know? Right. Um, basically, when, when he uh, knew that I was a Christian, the first thing out of his mouth was, well, I hope you know that I'm an atheist. Why and do you need to know that I he's an atheist he, if you're a Christian? What's his issue? I don't know. Well, well, that's kind of what I thought. I thought maybe it was his defense or something. <laughs> Well, look, I've had conversations with atheists all my life, and and what blows me away, you know, if you don't believe in God, why are you so upset that other people do, you know, if he doesn't even exist? You know, if he doesn't even exist, it shouldn't bother you. The fact that it bothers you is greater evidence that he probably does exist, and you're having a hard time (laughs) with your atheism. (laughs) You've got that so right. And you're feeling guilty or whatever. I don't know. It's just just, there's too many inconsistencies there, you know? Yeah. There's yeah. nobody, so when he told there's me, no he creature said, smarter than I, us. We are it. Ooh, that's depressing. <laughs> Man. Yeah. So after he told me he was an atheist, uh, the first thing that came through my mind, I said, well, you know what? You need to thank God that you're an atheist. <laughs> oh, I bet he loved that. <laughs> and he says, what? I think he was hoping that I would just kind of walk away or something. But he goes, what do you mean by that? And I said, well, to claim atheism you're claiming that something doesn't exist. So if it's God that you're saying doesn't exist, then you better thank him or else you couldn't have been an atheist. And I just kind of confused him a little bit, you know, and maybe yeah, well, you know, I can understand that. Cause you're kind of, I think we're going to have a here, good time. Steve. Yeah. Yeah. You're confusing <laughs> me here, Steve. Like if I was an That's atheist, right. I, I could, I could, do you want me to play atheist right now? You want me to play devil's advocate? You want to try that stuff well, on me right now? No, 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 but if you're an atheist... Oh, come on, let me, let, let, me, let me pretend I'm an atheist you... with you, Steve. Come on, we could have some fun here. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Come on now, okay? So what you're saying, i got to okay. thank God that I'm an atheist? No, That's you don't right. get it here. I'm not thanking God. He doesn't exist. What's your issue, man? What's your problem? What, do you, what are you an atheist from? What do you mean I'm an atheist? I'm not an atheist from anything, okay? I got a mom, I got a yeah. dad... I don't see God. I don't hear God. I can't feel him anywhere. You can't prove to me there's a God. I don't have to tell you that, 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 that I, I got it from anything. It's my natural state. It's the most natural thing that I think anybody could live. Wow. That's amazing because I feel him. You feel him? Well, that's good. You know, yeah. maybe get some Vicks Vapo yeah. Rub or some anti-polygistine A535. <laughs> 
you know, and, and, and rub yourself in it, and, you, and you, maybe you won't feel them anymore, you know? Yeah, yeah. There's great. drugs for that, you know. Oh. I bet. I bet you there's drugs for it. But, um, you're not doing here well, Steve. He, he, I, I, you got to hone your. You're you doing make, really good. You got to hone your chops you're, you're, here, you're buddy. Doing... You want to hear a story? That's all right. Do you want to uh, hear a story? You want to hear a good story? Yeah, sure. Let's do this, okay? Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a there's a church in Brampton, Ontario, called Kennedy Road Tabernacle. When I was a youth pastor in Southern Ontario, yeah. um, their uh, 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 their youth pastor was a guy by the name of Dale Hebert. I think he's a missionary now, or he's gone. He's doing great work. Okay. Dale and I were buddies, and Dale decided, you know what? Yeah. Your wife's got a biological sciences degree. She's probably really good in science. If she got to know my, he got to know my wife and us, and she got a, she got a real good idea. She says, I want your wife to come in, and I want, I want her to pretend she's an atheist, and I want her to speak to my youth group, which was about 120 kids, okay? I want her to speak to my <laughs> wow. youth group on why she doesn't believe in God and why atheism is the truth. Now, at this time, Heather was doing a lot of she was doing a lot of phone in radio with me. Okay, so she she knew her stuff. Right. Okay, she talks to these kids for a half hour, and she has got them crawling the walls. They're ready to kill her. Okay, <laughs> and yet she's being kind yeah. and nice and everything. I'm on the outside listening to all this, okay, because I got to go in and clean up the mess and tell the truth after and, you know, kind of speak for about 10 or 15 minutes winding the thing up. There were kids screaming at her. There were kids that stormed out of there because their nice little comfortable faith had never been tested. Nobody had ever pushed them to the limit about what they really, really believe, okay? And it it was an incredibly fascinating evening. Oh, it would be. I, I can imagine. So anytime yeah. you want to call in and yeah. test your chops, buddy, I can take that side anytime. Oh, no, I you know. Gotta, you gotta, you, you can, can. You're never going to argue an atheist into the kingdom of heaven. You know how you do it? No. You blow them away with kindness, okay? I mean, I the, the greatest, away with love and, and you know yeah, what? There are what people that are smarter than me. They're apologists and Christian uh, scientists who are Christians who can, you know, blow atheists out of the water as far as uh, uh, evidence for God. Okay, and, and I, I could do that pretty yeah. good myself. But you can win an argument, and they, you still won't get anywhere because the greatest evidence no, for God, no. the greatest evidence for God, and there's mountains of it, mountains and mountains and mountains of it. But I never go down that road because the greatest evidence for God, the greatest evidence for God in my life is the transformation I see in people's lives. I see arrogant punks turn into, you know, humble, wonderful people that you want to be around. I see greedy slobs become generous. I see philanderers and perverts become faithful in their marriages, okay? I see people of no hope who don't want to to go on anymore turn their lives around. To me, that's one of the greatest supernatural qualities I've ever seen. Yeah. So that's my sermon for the you night. Can't and argue that. Your, that's your, there. That's your, there. Yeah. Sure, you could argue that. You're just choosing not to right now. Well, no, you don't have to argue yeah. it. That it's there. Well, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but you don't need to argue it, Steve, because you already believe. Okay. No. And I'll quote. I'll Absolutely. quote. I will quote uh, Anselm, one of the early church fathers. You know, to somebody who believes, no explanation is necessary. Okay. To somebody who don't doesn't yeah. believe, no explanation is going to suffice. Doesn't matter. And Christ said, they're going to know you're my disciples. In other words, they're going to know there's something that's supernatural about you if you have love one toward another, okay? And it says, so that's, you major in the majors and you minor in the minors. I got to let you go, Steve. Thanks for coming. All right. Thanks for letting me use you. Okay, take care. Okay, we'll play the atheist game anytime you want to do that. Okay, I got an important information uh, package here you got to listen to, okay? It tells you a little bit about the show. tells you about, you know, the numbers you can call in and that kind of thing. And, and uh, oh, well, you know, it's self-explanatory. Here it goes.
So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-743-390. That's 343-743-390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play, or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com and the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. How's it going? Welcome back. 343-700-4390 is the long distance line. No, that's the Capital Region line. 343-700-4390. 343-700-4390. Open line, open topic. It's Ask the Pastor. It's Late Night Council. 1-844-562-4766. If you're calling from Big Beaver, Saskatchewan, or Satan's Kingdom, Vermont, or Junior, West Virginia, or Bad Water, Wyoming. 
one eight four four five six two four seven six six. JC at late dot com is the email address. That's JC at late dot com. And you can tweet at me at JW Council. So before Steve called in, I got talking about Aaron Moran. Who's Aaron Moran? Oh, that name sounds familiar. Well, she played Joni on Happy Days. And then I don't know what possessed them to do the Joni Loves Chachi thing. I have never met anybody in my life that ever watched the show or liked the show. And it's been the butt of comedians' jokes on every, just about every late night entertainment show for decades. Well, she died today. She's 56 years old. Now, there's been no autopsy performed. and uh, But when somebody dies at 56, you know, you kind of go, whoa, something's going on there. Now, why am I bringing her up? Because Henry Winkler, the star of Happy Days, who played Fonzie, he tweeted this out, okay? Donnie Most, that played Ralph Malf, uh, uh, Ron Howard, okay, famous Hollywood director who played uh, Richie Cunningham, her, his big brother. They were all on Twitter today expressing their condolences and everything. And uh, Henry Winkler, played Fonzie, said this on Twitter, okay? Now, he's trying to be kind. I wouldn't question his motives for a second. But this is what he said. He said, now you will love, sorry, now you will have the peace you so badly wanted here on earth. He's saying that to Joni, who's Aaron Moran, who's died. Now you will have the peace you so badly wanted here on earth. How does he know that? And I'm not being disrespectful. How does he know that? How could you, how do you escape that from just being, you know, warm hallmark, you know, best wishes? Since when do we make the call on what happens to somebody's soul when they die? No matter how much you loved the departed, we're not the ones that decide. I mean, he's trying to be comforting. Okay, that's, you know, that's appropriate. And I know some of you have you think, well, who are you to judge his words like that? Listen, I think the Bible explains the mystery of life better than any source does. So if the Bible's right, I would suggest it would be the authority on death as well. Technology and science... Their best attempts to figure out life, let alone the meaning of life, are laughable. The no-God crowd, okay? so Okay, so they want you to believe that life just happens by accident, even though, you know, their attempts to demonstrate are, are, are so nonsensical. I mean, their attempts to create life from non-living matter, it's a joke, And yet they got all of academia, pretty much all of culture, have bought this ridiculously stupid, unprovable lie that life happens by accident. It's, it's, and it happens spontaneously. It just happens. It's a scientific joke. It's ludicrous. Most of the culture believes that, well, you know, Nothing 
Because this is this is at the core of atheism. This is at the core of the people that you know they 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 would worship the earth before they worship God. And you've got almost all of academia and uh, certainly all of media and the entertainment industry and much of government. Okay, doing everything they can to serve a created thing, the planet. And at the core of that is, well, how did it get here? Well, we don't want to acknowledge there's a God because they don't want to come right and say it because they don't know. They know it's not very politically correct to be atheist, but really that's the core of it. And when you peel away the politically correct verbiage and get down to the core of what these people believe, okay, if you don't believe in God, then the only explanation for everything we have here and, and all of the beauty of nature and the unbelievable intricacy and balance in nature, nothing plus nothing times blind chance plus billions of years equals everything. And if you don't espouse those values and you're a professor in a university in North America, you're going to lose your tenure. You're going to believe that idiocy and you're going to promote it and you're going to teach it. And if you say anything against it, you're gone. And yet this kind of arrogant idiocy rules our culture. And I said a couple weeks ago, and it's a recurring theme on late night council. I'd ask the pastor, Romans 1, Romans 1, particularly Romans 18, Romans 1, verse 18 to the end of the chapter. And one of the telling lines in the context of this story is professing, they be, it talks about a culture that turns its back on God and starts worshiping created things instead of the creator. I mean, that's what Earth Day is all about. Okay, that's what, you know, that's what the environmental thing is all about. It's not based on science. It never has been based on science. In Romans 1, it says, since they ought not, since they thought a a knowledge of God was worthwhile, God turned them over to a depraved mind. And they start doing things that are not natural. They're not, they're not normal. Although they, and here's the exact wording, although they profess to be wise, and all they profess to be so wise, experts say, although they profess to be wise, they became fools. Oh, John, that's a lot of verbiage for a guy who's just trying to, you know, be kind. Well, you know, people are really vulnerable when they're mourning. People are really hurting, you know. Why lead them on with platitudes that you don't have a clue about? I mean, that's pretty dogmatic what Henry Winkler said there. Now you will have the peace you so badly wanted here on earth. Since when do men make the judgment call? Well, she had to be a good person. That's why she's going to. See, everybody believes in heaven. Everybody believes in heaven. Oh, yeah. He's gone to. How many times have you heard this at a funeral? They've gone to a better place. How do you know that? The most loving person who ever walked the planet the person who demonstrated the most passionate love that any human being has ever demonstrated talked more about the reality of hell than he did heaven. And I would suggest that his credibility weighs way heavier than Henry Winkler's or Mahatma Gandhi's or anybody. Stephen Hawking, Christopher Hitchin, Richard Dawkins... Charles Darwin, Sigmund Freud, Karl Marx, name your anti-God, name your, you know, your your anti-God so-called mind. 
I would stack up the lifestyle and the chops of Jesus Christ against those guys any day of the week. And I would suggest he has infinite times more authority than all of them put together. Even his critics recognize that. Well, he talked more about, and even though in most churches, and I said most in the world today, even though in most churches they never talk about hell. I mean, I don't want to offend anybody. We got to be secret sensitive. And look at, I know all, look at, I'm the first one to promote, you know, loving people into the kingdom of God. I get that. But if you're going to evade the topic of hell, when Jesus talked, and people have done stats on it, he talked twice as much about heaven, twice as much about hell as he did about heaven. And he never talked about it like it was a concept. He never talked about it as if it was kind of like, you know, oh, that's something to be interpreted. No, he was pretty straight. He talked about it as a real, literal place. In fact, the story he told about the rich man that went to hell Critics try to debunk that and say, oh, that was just a parable. Oh, really? Well, then why in in every other parable, in every other parable he tells, he never mentions specific individuals and uses real names. That is the only so-called parable where he uses a poor man's name, Lazarus. He gives him a name. And the original Greek, when it says a certain rich man, is not the same language he uses when he uses those similar words when he's talking parables. It's, in a, it's a different form of storytelling. It's, he tells us as if he's reporting a story that actually happened. And the only people that kind of diss that and believe that that was just a parable are people who have a real hard time with the fact that Jesus talked more about hell. They're in denial over something. See, everybody likes to make Jesus in their nice little package, you know? They like to, they like to make God in their own image. Well, that, the God I serve wouldn't talk like that. Well, guess what? The God that, when he says, our Father... The real God can't be confined to some little dogmatic, you know, and I would say bigoted, closed-minded little box. Oh, John, you're Bible-thumping. You're being hellfire and brimstone. No, I'm just being honest to the person I think deserves more credit and more worship and more adulation than anybody who walked the planet. And I think to twist his words like that and misrepresent him, I think that's being very disingenuous. I don't, and I certainly don't think it's Christian. I think people who follow Christ take his words seriously, and they don't candy coat them, and they don't kind of twist them to suit their nice little, you know, uh, perceptions of what they think reality is. If you read the Bible, if it's going to have any impact in your life, it's the only book that reads you. You can't put it in a neat little package. You can't, you can't uh, suppose that, you know, it's going to fit into every all, you know, your nice little perceptions and prejudices. I'm reading things in the Bible that are ticking me off all the time. But I'm not going to go away and say, well, I can't buy that. Sorry, it's more authoritative than my opinion. It's more authoritative than my puny little perception of reality. 343-700-4390. Hey, I hope she did make it. I hope she did. Man, alive. Got another story tonight. Later on, if we have time, I want to talk about Aaron Hernandez. The um, Super Bowl winning... Uh, um, New York, uh, New England Patriots player that hung himself this week. Wow, there's a story there too, and a lot of other stuff too. 
But the Korean, the theme seems to be recurring on, on the show. Romans 1. Romans 1. Why? Why is he always talking about Romans 1? Well, read it. Go to Romans 1 right now while I'm playing a cool tune here. 343-700-4390. Here, call in. Yak about something you want to talk about tonight. 343-700-4390 in the capital region. one 562 is the long distance line. Good for all over North America except Mexico. Okay. JC at LateNightCouncil.com is the email address. Keep it under six lines. That's JC at LateNightCouncil.com. one 562 is the long distance line. That's one 562 And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. Are you ready for a cool tune? Got good tunes here, don't we? This is the Dave Matthews Band. Heard this a few years ago. It's quite a story. Maybe we'll go through the lyrics, you know, when we come back. Enjoy.
Now, now, lots of times when you hear a song like that, you can't really make out the lyrics, can you? Okay? I mean, there's a whole industry online. Um, in fact, I think one of the most famous websites, it's called Excuse Me While I Kiss This Guy, which is, uh, uh, you know, a fractured lyric from the Jimi Hendrix classic, uh, uh, Excuse Me While I Kiss the Sky, you know? And, and lyrics get twisted. And I've always loved that tune, but I never looked at the lyrics. And I looked at the lyrics before the show, and I thought, man, we got to play that on Ask the Pastor. I'm going to give you some of the lyrics here, and hopefully you can understand me. I'm driving through the desert. I met a man who told me of his crazy plan. He'd been walking there for 20 days. He was going to walk on for 20 more. I said, how about a drink or a bite to eat? He said, no, my faith is all I need. So I guess the guy was on a 40-day fast. So then, save me. Save me, Mr. Walking Man, if you can. You don't need to prove a thing to me. Just give me faith. Make me believe. Come on, save me. Save me, Mr. Walking Man, if you can. Come on, save me. Save me, Mr. Stranger. If you please, save me, save me, save me, if you please. And then this line really grabs me. Or am I too far gone? I see to get back home. To get back home. Man. I meet people like that all the time. I have great conversations with them, you know. Tell them how wonderful Jesus is. How it can make a difference in your life. How it can fix your marriage. How it can change your change it from the inside out. Just just let them give him a chance. You know? He asked that we surrender to him. You know, follow me, seriously. You know? And a lot of times, you know, the saving, the transforming power of Christ is, 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 is blocked by a lot of things. Jesus explained it this way. He, he described it as a seed. You know, sometimes seed gets spread and it falls on different types of soil. There's the type of soil that, you know, falls on hard ground. And it never takes root. And, you know, animals come and, you know, take the seed away. And a lot of people interpret that as, you know, people who've maybe like, the Dave Matthews, maybe Dave Matthews wrote that song for the band. You know, gone through stuff, and the heart is hard. And, yeah, I would like to believe, but it just seems too simple, and the seed never takes root. And then there's seed that falls amongst the rocks. And there's not much of a root there. And, you know, it, it takes root real quick and springs up and grows real fast. And then it... You know, when, when there's when there's a real bad storm or when there's real searing heat because it doesn't have a deep root, the, the, the plant weathers up and dies or can't handle the pressures of life. And that's usually people who, you know, jump into it real quick and they think this is wonderful, but they don't really think about, you know, the cost or they don't understand what it really means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the first little problem that comes by, well, there goes that. Then he talks about the seed that falls upon ground that's good ground and and. You know, it's got a good root, and it grows up, but it's in among weeds. And it can't really grow because there's all sorts of, you know, weeds and all sorts of other rocks and everything that, that, that kind of cut off and, and, and sap the life out of the plant, and it never really grows. And 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 that seems to be people who, you know, they, they embrace the faith and they kind of give it a try. But, you know, there's money, there's family, there's, you know, career concerns, there's, uh, you know, too busy. 
I heard it said once, it's not in the Bible, but, you know, it's, it's pretty good. If the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Hmm. And then there's the good soil. It falls on good soil and grows and produces a harvest. It actually works. What do you think? Give me a call. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. Who have I got in the line here? I'm trying to get this thing to work properly. Is it working? It's my automated system here. You're on Late Night Council. Can you hear me? Uh, yes. Can you hear me? Who am I talking to? I'm Mary from Alexandria. Hi, Mary from Alexandria. You? What's on your mind tonight? Hey, during the break, you said go read Romans, uh, the Romans there. Romans chapter and I one. Come upon Rome. Huh? Romans chapter one. Uh, chapter one. That's what I okay, asked you to so read. I fell upon thir- thirteen. Well, thirteen. Uh, that's good too. 13? I mean, it's all the Bible, you know. Yeah, I know. Well, so I don't know. Somehow I. I, I I was anyway. I fell upon thirteen. What does it say? And I thought, hey. What does it say, Mary? Well, it says uh, that uh, we must be uh, we must bend to the governing authorities because apparently, okay, they've been chosen by God. Mm-hmm. So I I understand I understand that that concept. Yeah. But then when I you know I read and it says. Um, uh, the, 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 the authority is God's servant for your good. And I go, yeah, right. Because when you look at what, you know, like it, it, here in Canada, it's, it's only soft tyranny. But in other countries, they're not there for people's good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they hurt people. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? What do you do with death spots? It's an, ex- it's an excellent question. It's an excellent question you're you're asking, okay? And theologians have argued over Romans 13 for for centuries, okay? Because you got to remember, when that was written, okay, when Paul wrote to the church in Rome, it was not a good time, you know, to to be a Christian. Christians were getting killed. Christians were getting—and Paul himself had been, you know, tortured and beat up several times. It was a miracle that he even lived through the number of times when he was supposed to be executed, and he survived, okay? And this is a real conundrum, okay? Uh, all things being equal. Now, now, here's another thing that you maybe have already thought about. People like Corey Ten Boom, okay, who got, uh, you know, Jews out of Germany during the Nazi war in direct violation of the governing bodies at the time. And yet she was a very, very passionate Christian. I would say, and, and, and some people are not going to like this interpretation of Romans 13, 1 to, to uh, 5 is what you're quoting, okay? That uh, when all things are equal, you know, generally speaking, you are to obey those in authority over you. Now, when they are advocating you do things that go against the Bible and the Word of God, and it's pretty clear, well, then the Bible becomes a higher authority. So you have no problem with obeying the speeding laws. You have no problem with, you know, you can't steal from the corner store, okay? You have no problem with cheating on your taxes. In fact, Probably 95, 98% of our laws in Canada line up perfectly with Scripture. But when the government says, you know what, we see no problem with, you know, killing your baby if it's in your womb, okay? I can't, I can't agree with that. I'm not going to, you know, uh, uh, and if you're going to make me think a certain way, well, no, I'm, I'm going to be a, a, a respectful and a conscientious objector. 
And if I get persecuted for it, well, I, I, I hope I get persecuted for being faithful to uh, 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 the Bible and not for being a, a, an obnoxious religious jerk. Because a lot of people that use the defense that, you know, we can't be obedient to Romans 13.1.5 because we're governed by such idiots. Well, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm no fan of Justin Trudeau, but he's no Nero, okay? He's no, Antio- he's no Antiochus Epiphanes, no, okay? But- there's a lot of guys that ruled during the disciples' time that were way worse than him, way worse. Yeah, for sure. But he's 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 someone without uh, basic judgment and intelligence, and he's he's leading us down a path where where Canada will not be Canada anymore. Well, Canada will be Canadaistan, Canadistan. You know what? You 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 think you, know? you think that electing some a conservative. A uh, 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 prime minister is going to make a difference, Mary. No, Mary, Justin Trudeau is there. Candidate. Justin Trudeau is there because of the culture that we live in. He's the guy that they wanted. Okay, now they pushed back in the states. Really. They pushed. They pushed back in the states, and they elected Donald Trump. Do you think that salvation is going to come to the states because Hillary Clinton didn't get didn't get uh, elected? I mean, well, people who th- people think you're going to have people than... think you're going to have a utopia because you elect the right. Uh, the problem is not our leaders. The problem is the people who are doing the voting. Okay, and if you read Romans yes, one, you brought up Romans that, thirteen. But... Read Romans one before you comment because what's going on? In fact, Romans thirteen doesn't make sense unless you read Romans one, Mary. Okay, Romans one. Okay, I have to go. Yeah, yeah it's good to go at the beginning, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and and you're okay. going to have a much more objective perspective on what Romans 13 is about and why it's we live in the Romans. culture we live in. Romans 1 is is timeless. It speaks of human nature. It speaks of cultures that turn their back on God and what happens, okay? The United States well, no, is no more righteous today. The United States is no more righteous today and nowhere better in a in a in a situation with God just because they elected Donald Trump. Okay, there's still greed. Well, there's still rampant perversion. Donald Trump or the state. Well, I'm using that as an example. I'm using that as an example who, because a lot of the people in Canada that don't like Justin Trudeau, and I told you, I'm no fan of the guy. Okay, but a lot of the people that well, don't I like Justin Trudeau, they Trump. really, really like Donald Trump. I prefer. I would love to, if we had a candidate that was that had you know the gusto and the common sense. Uh, as Donald Trump, I think that would be a very much better leader. For, for I'm ashamed, you know, when I see. Well, Mary, you'll uh, always get you'll always like talk, you know. Mary, you'll always get to share your opinion on this show. Okay. I don't agree. I don't <laughs> think that's still, the answer. I don't think that's the answer at all. Well, I, look, I, hey, you know what? The answer would be that that, that human nature would be different. Yeah, and that's uh, that's why different. that's why I give all my time to do and ask the pastor shows instead of political talk, because until somebody has their nature transformed by Christ, we're wasting our time. Okay, we are, and I'm people not against political activism. I'm it. not against people, sh- you know, sharing their opinion. But you know, I've been playing this game now for forty years, and and a lot of people that that you know I I see as really doing the work of God and really making a difference that's going to last for eternity. You don't even know where they stand politically, okay? Because Jesus said you're going to bear fruit. If you're really following him, you're going to bear fruit, and it's going to remain. 
and a lot of political well, activism disappears said, with whoever gets voted in. But the but the work we I do for eternity's sake that lasts forever. I have a question. Go for it. Yes. You're, what you're saying, okay, you're transforming souls, you're transforming people. No, no, I'm not. To, I'm just, to, I'm just, uh, I'm not, hey, I'm not doing the transforming. No, I know you're not, but I, forget, sometimes I express myself a little differently. Well, yeah, but some people misinterpret what but, you say, and I have to, I have to make sure I make okay, that clear. Good, good. Okay, 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 okay. So, uh, let, let's say a change in human nature for, to, to have God in your life and to do Everything for the good, okay. That's what that's what we're aiming for, and 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 a lot of lives get changed through this force, through mm-hmm. Jesus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, that's fine. That you've done that. Let's say not you personally, but it's been done for let's say a generation, but only for a certain number of people. Because when you look at the Earth, which is like a a whole big experiment type place. It's not where an experiment. Hell exists. It's not an experiment. But it's hell, but hell exists. Yeah, it's not an well, experiment. A, there, there's a there's a I grand plan at work, Mary. Perhaps, but there's a lot of suffering. I don't on the believe earth. in and, a perhaps. And, I believe it's real. I don't believe it's a perhaps. I believe there's a grand plan at work, and I'm convinced it's okay, the only fine. plan, and plan, that's why I want to be a part of it. Along, it's taken an awful long time. Yep. And I don't see like how long it's gonna be. So the problem is until... you're so the problem is you're impatient. Oh yeah, I don't have much patience now. Well, okay. <laughs> look, you know what? You know what gives me more? You know what gives me more delight than anything? Doing what Jesus told me to do. Okay, what? working with poor people, what? going after people that society ignores. Okay, putting my life into people that can't defend themselves, putting my life into people who have real needs, because when you minister to those needs, they embrace the message of Christ. Jesus is the one that said, you know, it's harder for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get into heaven. So I choose to go and minister with people that, you know, aren't distracted by what Jesus described as being worthless things. Okay. In fact, some of the well, most I sincere people, some of the most sincere people I've day. ever met are people that got all kinds of money and they realize it's nothing. And they reach the point where, you know what, there's got to be something more than this. And, you know, that's where they start coming alive, you know, when they realize what their spiritual need is. And all of this political talk and all this talk about the economy and everything, and I care about as much as anybody, but compared to eternal things, it's, it's, it's a waste of time. It is. Mary, thanks for calling in. You can always you can always uh, have your opinion night. heard here. Don't mind your calling in at all. Don't mind you yakking with you. And I went over seven t- minutes my break period to yak with you. That's how much I appreciated your call. And you call in any time. It's good having you on. So in the meantime, time for an information break. I know some of you heard it before, but got to get the message out there, don't I? Of course I do. Stay with us. So I'm reloading and taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. 
That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America, 1-844-LNC-IS-ON. That's 1-844-562-4766. 1-844-562-4766. Our call service is automated, so you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now, don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts, and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the Listen Live button at latenightcouncil.com. But, you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. Council does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com. And the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there. This is just, you know, I, 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 I think Jesus might come tonight. I think Jesus might come tonight. The Sens knocked off the Bruins today. The Habs lost to the Rangers last night. And the Leafs just got knocked off by the Washington Capitals. Oh, my. Jesus is coming tonight. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I know it says the Bible. No man knows the days or the hour. But what could? how could it get any better than that? Probably going to get a big check in the mail tomorrow from a place I never dreamed I'd get one. This is just too good. I can't remember being, doing a show and being on air when, you know, so many wonderful things have happened in, in just one day. This is crazy. This is crazy. Oh, my goodness. God, you are too good to me. I know there's a lot of people that believe, you know, and they're more Christ-like than I am that root for those other teams, but I don't know. I don't know. I can't explain all the mysteries of life. I do an Ask the Pastor show. We have fun. We yak. I go to the Bible, see what it says. I can't give you a biblical perspective on that one at all. 343-700-4390. It's Ask the Pastor on Late Night Council. 343-700-4390. On this glorious day in the Capital Region. 
1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. I really don't want to diss the Leafs too much. I don't. And, and those of you that have followed me for years doing talk radio, you know how much fun I have, have, have had dissing the Leafs over the years. But I don't, as you've noticed, I don't do it that often. You know why? Because they're a stinking good organization right now. Holy smoke, they were scary good this year. I mean, the very fact that they played the Capitals, the best team in the NHL, the way they did, holy, that's a, remarkable. And they're just a bunch of kids. And I'm kind of bracing myself for, you know, when they win three, four, five cups in a row, probably three or four years from now, if they can, you know, maintain, you know, the excellence in their management core that they've got right now. They're, they're one heck of a team. But the problem is they play in Toronto, which, you know, is the – my Canada's never included Toronto. I, I just – I'm not a Toronto fan. I just – oh, man. I get into the 416 area code. You know when you're going on the 401 – that you people live in the capital region when you're going down the 401, and right around when you get around, oh, kilometer 420 around there, around Oshawa, Ajax, I start going, oh, God, please just get me out of here. Toronto thinks that everybody thinks they're wonderful. <laughs> no, no, we don't think that at all. <laughs> In fact, most of us, you know, quite the opposite. I shouldn't be talking like that on Ask the Pastor Night, should I? But come on. I mean, you know. No, I can't justify bad behavior. It's just not right. Open line, open topic. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. There's only two teams left in the playoffs now. Two Canadian teams left in the playoffs. Edmonton in the West, and the only Canadian team holding the torch in the East is our beloved Ottawa Senators. Eric Carlson reviewed at the, uh, re- uh, revealed at the end of the game tonight that he's been playing on two hairline fractures in his heel. He's got a busted foot. And he's still playing like the very best player in the NHL. Nobody comes close to the guy. And if you don't think so, it's because you're jealous. John, quit talking hockey. It's Ask the Pastor. You're right. I am. I'm sorry, Mom. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. It's open line, open topic, all the way to uh, 11-ish. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. If you're calling from Snook's Arm, Newfoundland. If you're calling from Atomic City, Idaho. If you're calling from Feely, Montana, or Belchertown, Massachusetts. One eight four four five six two four seven six six. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. It's been about four Sunday nights in a row now that I have instructed you to, to uh, I've quoted from Romans 1. And I'm not necessarily, I'm not somebody that sets out and says, you know, oh, this is going to be the theme for our church in the next year. This is going to be the theme for the radio show in the next, you know, six months. I don't do that, okay? Because if God's in charge of your church or if God's in charge of your life or whatever you do, he, he's always messing you up because he wants he wants you know to be in charge. And when he's in charge, he's always got better ideas. 
Isaiah 55 says so. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts, but they're higher. And he doesn't rule and he doesn't, you know, engage with us with a kind of nan 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 I'm smarter than you are. I know something you don't know. No, he desires to lift us up to his ways. He desires to reveal his ways to us, okay? So I've been accused sometimes in, you know, doing things by seat of the pants. It's not seat of the pants at all. It's an acknowledgement of how limited I am and how dumb I am. John, why are you calling yourself dumb? Read 2 Corinthians 12.9. Oh, my goodness. That's become my life verse in the last six months. It's powerful. 2 Corinthians 12.9. It says, I will boast about my weaknesses so that the cross will not be emptied of its power. You don't hear a lot of like faith leaders boasting about their weaknesses, do you? And yet the guy who wrote more than half, well, wrote half of the New Testament, more than half of the New Testament, Paul said, I'm going to boast about my weaknesses because when I'm weak, I'm strong. And if I don't boast about my weaknesses, the cross is going to be emptied of its power. And he realized that the only thing he could do for of eternal significance had to be in the supernatural. I think it's a church of Galatians or Corinthians, one of the churches. He says to them, I didn't come to you with eloquence. I didn't come to you with, you know, uh, as a learned man. I came broken and humbled, and, and, uh, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power so that your faith would not rest on eloquence. Your faith would not rest on pizzazz. Your faith would not rest on, wow, he's a really good preacher. No, your faith would rest on Christ and Christ alone. So having said all that to say this, Romans 1 keeps coming up on this show. It seems to be a recurring theme of Romans 1, particularly Romans 1, verses 18 to the end of the chapter. And anybody who's listening to this show, I'm telling you, that's a, that's a verse you need to be living by because that is, that is the world we are living in in North America right now, in Western culture. We are living in a Romans 1.18 world. When I say 18, not just that verse, but that, that entire chapter there describes eloquently the mindset of where people's heads are at. And I've read it so much on, on the show lately. I, you know, I'm just asking you to read it again. But I wanna, and I keep these glaring examples of our Romans 1 world keep dominating news headlines. Here's the latest example. Here's the headline. Harvard University LGBT fact sheet claims gender can change from day to day. Hey, this isn't some whacked out activist group here. This is Harvard University. Harvard! A new Harvard University fact sheet on gender dysphoria is urging students to fight transphobia by learning what the university claims are facts associated with the fluidity of gender. According to campus reform, so it's not really the university, it's people that are connected to Harvard, and they're funded by Harvard because you can't have organizations like this that bear the Harvard name without getting some type of grant, you know, to help, okay? According to Campus Reform, the Ivy League School's Office of BLGTQ Student Life recently distributed a fact sheet to students on campus titled, Get the Facts, oh my goodness, Get the Facts About Gender Diversity, Fight Transphobia. The document begins by asserting that sex assigned at birth and gender identity are not necessarily the same, okay? And they say that's a fact. They preach that as a fact. This is not research. This is preaching, folks. This is dogma. 
that is being, being passed off as factual and authoritative in, in the most respected universities in the world now. Sex assigned at birth, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, hormonal makeup, physical anatomy, and or how one is perceived in daily life are not necessarily related, the sheet reads, adding that there are more than two sexes. Our best universities have abandoned science, they've abandoned free speech, they've abandoned intelligent debate for ludicrous dogma. And you are going to promote what they're saying or you are going to be persecuted like you would not believe. The fact sheet concludes by implying that failure to comply and call people by their preferred name or pronoun is a form of systemic violence. If you don't call somebody by their preferred gender, they're calling it violence now. This is Harvard University. Fixed binaries and biological essentialism manifest in gendered language. Misgendering someone and the policing of trans bodies threaten the lives of trans people. Oh my goodness. I'm not making this up, folks. Harvard students, okay, a little bit of sanity here in the article, okay? Don't completely roll your eyes. Don't fall off your chair and fall out of bed yet, okay? Harvard students are upset that university funds were used to produce the BGLTQ's office handout. However, listen, listen, however, none are willing to risk punishment to speak against it. Gee, do you think? 50 to 100 grand a year to attend Harvard. And this garbage is forced on them. And if they try to speak, remember when universities used to be bastioned as a free speech? Remember that, you know, that's where you went to expand and hear about different ideas and everything was open to debate. Now they're fascism factories. They are. They are politically correct, nonsense, fascist factories where you are going to be taught dogma. We're going to tell you how to think and what to say. And if you if you deviate at all, don't expect to graduate from this university. Now, I'm just telling you one story about Harvard, okay? Anybody that, and if you've been following what's going to be going on here in Canada, it's way worse in Canada. Way worse in Canada. At least in the States, the American spirit, you know, they'll get their back up and they're not going to take crap from anybody. And no, I'm not advocating any type of American overthrow, okay? But they seem to stand up for their rights way more than Canadians do. This is utter insanity. But again, it's Romans 1. When a culture turns its back on God, when a culture thinks that it's smarter than God, when the culture thinks it could redefine family and redefine marriage, when it thinks it's even redefining biology now. I mean, even though all of science and all of, all of the research shows that there, no, there are two sexes, there are two genders. You have them pushing a dogma that goes right against the, the, the laws of nature. So let's change the laws. It's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. More crazy stuff going on on college campuses here.
Again, these are coming from the states, but I assure you, okay, there are more uh, um, there are more media outlets in the states that are not mainstream that are ferreting this stuff out and reporting it. In Canada, our media is so much more controlled, and yet we're fully aware of this kind of stuff going on in Canada, even even on a greater measure. And there's there's far more fear and there's far more persecution of anybody standing up against this nonsense in Canada as well. You got the uh, the guy in uh, York University right now who has uh, had his research cut. Because he refuses to buy this nonsense. Here's another one. College bans Christian preaching, calling the gospel fighting words. In response to a First Amendment lawsuit against it, Georgia Gwinnett College argues that it removed a Christian preacher from campus because his speech, though made in a free speech zone, rose to the level of fighting words. Student, and I cannot pronounce his last name, Chike Uzengingbanam. Sounds Indian, okay? Discussion of his Christian faith led to fighting words, and he used contentious religious language that, when directed to a crowd, had a tendency to incite hostility. A tendency to incite hostility? Come on. The school says in a motion filed earlier this month seeking to dismiss the case according to campus reform. On behalf of the Christian student, the Alliance Defending Freedom filed a lawsuit in December challenging the school's restrictive speech policies. After you, I'll give the short form of his name, was banned several times from discussing his faith, even in an area designated by the school as a free speech zone, while touting commitments to diversity and open communications, Georgia Gwinnett College confines the speech of students to two ridiculously small speech zones and then censors the speech that occurs in those areas, ADF wrote in the lawsuit. The school's response in the motion now claims that the student exclaimed a divisive message directly to a group of many individuals while standing on top of a stool, and in doing so actually caused a disturbance. However, in a brief file, in a brief filed in response to the school's motion, ADF noted that identical bids to limit broad speech code language to fighting words have failed. The two this is just insane, okay? The two tiny speech zones on campus make up less than of the campus and are open only 18 hours per week, according to the ADF. And to use these speech zones, students must submit a free speech area request form three days in advance and submit any publicity materials and literature they want to distribute to administrators for review, according to the student. If students want to speak, whether through oral or written communication, anywhere else on campus, then they must obtain a permit from college officials. Thus, students may not speak spontaneously anywhere on campus. If students violate this policy, they expose themselves to a variety of sanctions, including expulsion. The student noted in his complaint against the school. Our universities are fascist factories. You can't say anything anymore. They've redefined freedom of speech to be anything we like. You can talk about as much as you want in the most perverted fashion. You can offend everybody if we like the topic. If we don't like you, though, and we don't like your faith, we will shut you up and we'll kick you out of the school. How's that for freedom? We've got this whole political correct thing, and and it's 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 right at the forefront of the whole transgender movement. Okay. Is it attempt? It it is it is it is it is fascism, plain and simple. Is an attempt to, to take away people's freedoms and control thought. Last August, oh, this is beautiful. Listen to this. Last August, an official at Clemson University in South Carolina. They, I believe, they won the college football championship. Clemson did. 
Last August, an official at Clemson University in South Carolina allegedly forced an evangelist, an evangelist, that's somebody just like one of the college kids preaching publicly, to leave the campus. This You wouldn't believe what he'd do. What'd he do? Did he molest somebody? No, this is what he did. Listen. He had to leave campus after he prayed for students outside designated free speech areas. Graduate student Kyra Palange narrated the incident to a conservative group, Young Americans for Freedom. Listen to this. This is mind-blowing. This almost sounds like this almost sounds like some like a uh, uh, totalitarian dictatorship here. I was walking across the grassy area near Fort Hill after class at about 3:15 when I saw someone sitting in a folding chair. Next to him was another folding chair with an 8 by 10 sign that said prayer. I approached him and we sat down to pray for a few minutes. When we finished, a man from the university approached us and said he could not be praying there because it was not a designated free speech area and presented the person who was praying with a form for the procedures for applying for solicitation on campus. He told him he had to leave. This is unbelievable. This is the equivalent of giving people tickets on campus and fining them for praying. And yet all across Canada and the States, we got leaders, academic leaders, falling all over themselves, surrendering surrendering facilities so that Muslims can have a place to pray. A free place where they can practice their religion. How messed up is that? Yeah, Yeah, separation of church and state. Bull. This is fascist totalitarian control. Nothing short of it. I think we need to hear from the Temptations. Got a 60s tune here. Describes the situation perfect. In fact, the tune is called Ball of Confusion. But I'll tell you, you could retitle it Romans 1. Enjoy. I'm right back after that.
Isn't that a great tune? Oh, I love that tune. When I uh, when I lived in Windsor, um, I lived in Windsor, uh, lived there twice. Lived there from 66 to uh, 70, and then from uh, 77 to 85. But when we lived there in 66 to 70, that was the height of Motown. And we lived two blocks from the Detroit River and about two and a half blocks from CKLW, the headquarters of CKLW, which then was the third most listened to radio station in the world. It was bigger than any station in Detroit. And the Motown bands would come over and do live stints. And we would hop on their tour buses. I remember the Temptations, the Spinners, the Four Tops. The Supremes, I never got there. They were way too big even to, you know, hang out at CKLW. So I was always, I've always had a soft spot for Motown. But that's probably, that song's about as relevant now as it was you know, 45 years ago, back then, when it came out around 69. It's 48 years ago now. Oh, we're all getting older, aren't we? Ball of confusion, fear everywhere. Mike has sent me, in fact, I just tweeted this article out. Okay, if you follow me on Twitter, you got to read this. I'm going to read it to you because it is so good. Okay, it's right up the alley of, of the Romans 1 world we're living in. Guy's talking about Earth Day. His name's Matt Walsh. I don't know who Matt Walsh is, I don't know how much authority he has, but it's a good article. Here it goes. It's not very long, so just hang with me here. Three four three seven hundred forty three nine. If you want to interrupt me and get a call in, three four three seven hundred forty three ninety in the capital region. One eight four four five six two four seven six six is the long distance line. That's one eight four four five six two four seven six six. My problem with Earth Day isn't just that the guy who invented it is a crazy hippie who murdered his girlfriend and stuffed her in a closet, then claimed the CIA did it because they wanted to stop him from finding out about their paranormal military activities. I mean, I'm not a fan of that aspect of it either. But that's not my primary issue. My primary issue is that it's a silly pagan holiday celebrated by environmentalists who, rather than merely respecting the earth, actually treat it as a deity. It's funny that the schools will force kids to piously observe our culture's earth religion. But if anyone so much as says the word Christmas, there will be an FBI investigation and hate crime charges. I know you might say that you could celebrate the earth, whatever that means without making an idol of it. That's true, I guess, but it's only possible if you celebrate it because it's God's creation. And if you celebrate it for that reason, then you must also acknowledge God's plan, which gives us dominion over the plants and the animals. 
That means you shouldn't cry over trees cut down to make houses or tasty cows slaughtered to make hamburgers. That's why those things exist for us. Yes, we ought to treat all of God's creatures with a certain dignity, and we shouldn't go around killing trees and punching polar bears just for the heck of it. But we should always keep the hierarchy of creation in mind, and we should never revere a flower or a dolphin for their own sake. But we should revere God, and through that reverence we come to love and respect all that he has made and the purpose for which they were made. The problem is that our culture has removed God entirely from the equation. Choosing to worship creation over the creator. This is paganism. Whether the pagans know they are pagans or not, Christians have no use for this modern cult with its holy days of obligation and its various articles of faith. A Christian need not describe himself as an environmentalist because he already is a Christian. And respecting the Lord's handiwork has always been part of the deal. These hippies didn't invent the concept of loving nature. They merely made a religion out of it although they didn't invent that either. Christians, therefore, ought to be very careful about identifying with a movement that has made a God out of what God has made. Thank you, Mike, for sending that in. I couldn't have said it better myself. That's why I had to read the whole thing. It's very, very good. 343-700-4390. That's 343-700-4390. That's the capital region number. 1-844-562-4766. one 562 That number is good for all over North America. Oh, my goodness. If you're calling from Bacon Ridge, Manitoba, that sounds like a place I wouldn't mind living in. Bacon Ridge, Manitoba. Yeah, bring it on. So if you're calling from Bacon Ridge, Manitoba, if you're calling from Great Heck, New York, Great Heck, sounds like some conscientious people live there. Great Heck. I'll bet they believe if you don't believe in heck, you go, you know, if you don't believe in gosh, you go straight to heck. If you're calling from Aloha, Oregon, not Aloha, Hawaii. I don't think there is a place, but there's Aloha, Oregon. Or if you're calling from Happy, Texas, 1-844-562-4766. That's 1-844-562-4766. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. We're running out of time, though, okay? It's got to be under six lines. JC at LateNightCouncil.com. And you can tweet at me at JWCouncil. A little more... uh, um, um, should I call this, you know, yeah, I got to get this story. This is a great story, you know. I don't want you thinking, oh, counsel, you're always in a bad mood. I'm not in a bad mood today. Yeah, well, you're always in a bad mood when your team isn't winning. Okay, well, my team's won today and my, the teams I don't like have lost. But this is a good story. You'll know this, this made me smile. This is going to make, if this doesn't make you smile, there's something wrong with you. You were too bound by political nonsense, okay, if this doesn't make you happy. Here's the headline. Muslims in Jordan guard churches on Easter Sunday. Do you hear anybody in mainstream media talk about this? Muslims in Jordan guard churches on Easter Sunday. Yeah. Young Muslims across Jordan stood guard to protect churches on Easter Sunday so that Christians could celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ in peace. Just a week after 45 people were killed and over 120 injured in Islamic State claimed suicide bombings at two Coptic churches in Egypt on Palm Sunday, the Jordan Times reports that Muslim youth across the Sunni kingdom banded together to defend their Christian neighbors and as they worshipped on one of the holiest days of the year for followers of Christ. Although there were no known direct threats to Jordanian churches this Easter, the kingdom, which borders both Iraq and Syria, 
listen to this, ranks as the 27th worst nation in the world when it comes to the persecution of Christians on Open Doors USA's 2017 World Watch list. And it wasn't just in Amman, okay, the Zarka government. They were doing it there in the city of Ajalun, in the city of Madaba. So this was this was quite frequent. This happened a lot across Jordan last Easter Sunday. In December 2015, Muslims in Kenya reportedly shielded Christians when the Somali terror group Al-Shabaab raided a bus in the town of Mandira in another show of solidarity on October 2013. This is going back a little further. Over 200 Muslims in Lahore, Pakistan, formed a human chain around Christians as they gathered for mass at St. Anthony's Church two weeks after the twin bombing of the Peshawar Church killed over 100 people. Can we have can we have more of these type of Muslims, please? Can we, I don't mind letting those type of Muslims into this country. That brand of Islam, you know, in Europe and 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 you know that's going on. Okay, can, can we have more of that type of Islam? I like that brand of Islam. I don't mind that at all. I don't want the kind that's raping women and in in Cologne and Stockholm and running people over with trucks in London and Stockholm. I don't want that form of Islam. But just so that you'll be encouraged, there are there are Muslims out there th- that have a conscience. There are Muslims out there who have profound respect for people that you know uh, follow the Bible. It seems as if it seems as if abroad they're in the minority, and it seems as though those. T- I hope those type of Muslims. I'm not seeing any evidence of it. Okay, because every time you see so-called refugees or m- migrants. They're all young, able-bodied men in, you know, between the ages of about 16 and you know, 30. You hardly ever see women and children. And I don't buy the whole migrant refugee thing as being, oh, that's, you know, these people are fleeing persecution. Look at, I know enough about the core of, you know, that, that bad brand of Islam that this is all part of an invasion process. And they're very patient. They're willing to wait, you know. They don't even, they, and they have said themselves in their own writings, we won't even fire a shot and we will take over the world. You can see their, you can watch their videos on Google, on YouTube. They're all over the place. Mainstream media in Canada, oh, they want to censor that stuff. They don't want you seeing that kind of stuff because a lot of, a lot of the, the a lot of people from that brand of Islam have already taken over government positions on all facets of government, provincial, civic, and national here in Canada and in the States as well. Barack Obama couldn't get enough of those guys advising him and putting him, putting them in, in key positions in the states. And Justin Trudeau, he openly quartered them in some of the most extremist mosques in Canada. So that's the reality of it. But the other reality of it is there are Muslims, there are Muslims, and here's another example in Jordan. And I remember having years ago, now they just had an election in Jakarta where this is, it could be threatened in Indonesia. The highest Muslim population in the world is in Jakarta, is in, uh, in the country of Indonesia. And some of you, I don't know if you might remember, but I had the, uh, the, the pastor of probably the largest evangelical church in Jakarta. He was an in-studio guest, and he said, my greatest allies in Jakarta are my Muslim brethren. Who they have they have circled his church more than one on on many occasions they have circled his church and formed a protective guard around his church so that the extremist Muslims in in uh, Indonesia would not harm them and it behooves us to know the difference okay it really does three four three seven hundred forty three ninety that's three four three seven hundred forty three ninety one eight four four five six two four seven six six 
Oh, that's a little loud. I got to take an information break, okay? And then when I come back, unless we have calls, it could be the last segment we do. And the last segment we do tonight, I want to talk about Aaron Sanchez, okay? Aaron Sanchez, he's the Super Bowl winning uh, uh, New England Patriots football player who committed suicide this week, last Wednesday. Sad story. Really sad story. But the way he died and the circumstances are, are just quite, quite provocative and, and uh, warrant some discussion here on, uh, on Ask the Pastor tonight. You stay right with us. taking a much-needed break with this here pre-recorded message. You can get a line right now while I'm doing that. 343-743-390. That's 343-743-390. That's uh, the Capital Region line. That's Ottawa, Gatineau, and close by. If you live far away, the toll-free line all across North America. 1-844-LNC is on. That's one 844 562-4766. Our call service is automated. So you won't be talking to a live person until you're on air. Now don't sweat that. Just follow the on-air prompts and uh, you'll be fine. Trust me, you've handled this kind of technology before. Otherwise, you wouldn't be listening to me right now. You can connect with us live at tuneinradio.com or Google Play or just click the listen live button at latenightcouncil.com. But you know, chances are you've already done that. Just kind of a reminder. does not exist without advertisers. So if you want to buy time, email me at jc at latenightcouncil.com and the rates are so cheap because, you know, we're just relaunching and getting things going again. You are going to absolutely love the rates. And, of course, your feedback is always welcome. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you don't like. And thanks for tuning in. We're back live in just a few seconds. So hang in there.
Well, that ended abruptly. What happened there? My goodness. Doesn't usually do that. I've never seen it do that before. Interesting. Maybe I flipped a switch and I wasn't supposed to. I don't know. Well, you can still hear me. Computer says so. Glad you're still with us. 343-700-4390. If you want to squeeze in a quick call before we've got a call of the night. That's a dumb phrase, isn't it? Let's call it a night. It was a night whether you call it a night or not. It's dark out. It's night, okay? So, 343-700-4390 before we have to end the program, before I, you know, go to my other life as a dad, a granddad, a pastor, a husband, a hockey player. I'm still playing hockey. I am. I am still playing hockey. Well, I got to be honest. I wouldn't say what I do is playing hockey. I do put the skates and the equipment on, and I go out there, and I chase after the puck, okay? And if you saw me play hockey, you'd probably say, what's that old guy doing out there, man? Doesn't he know when to quit? You know, so that's, you know. But technically, I can honestly say I'm still playing hockey. Well, I was going to play baseball this spring, and I was excited about doing it because I was going to go back to a team that I started uh, I found it in, in, in the Ottawa Christian Softball League here uh, about, oh, I started it about five years ago, six years ago. And uh, I decided I, I can't do it because, I, uh, as some of you know, uh, we have started and a new church has been birthed and, and I'm the leader of it. It's called Christ Church. And uh, it's taken a lot of my time and it's really, really fun. And it must be fun for me to give up baseball so I can spend more time with my congregation, you know, that, that's a pretty decent thing. And then I found out that I guess me not playing with uh, the Bethel Mavericks, uh, you know, the, the, and I told the, the, the girl that was leading the team, she's a wonderful girl, and a mother of four, you know, wonderful daughters, and j- just a terrific girl, Rosalind. And uh, um, I said, Ros, I can't do it. It's breaking my heart. I don't want it, but I have to. I, I got it. You know, I just can't. Right. And, and apparently that was the kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And, and they folded the team. Oh, that's not a good thing. So anyway, 343-700-4390, It looks like we got a call that we can squeeze in here. Let's see if we can. I, I'm going to try and get to Aaron Hernandez, but uh, uh, we have a caller. Uh, who's on the line with me? It's Mike, John. Hi, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, I'm not going to get to Aaron Hernandez tonight if you're uh, if you're calling in because you're you're going to take it up right to well, the end of the time here. Anyway, go ahead. I'll try to be quick. Okay, um, good. I you know it's interesting. I was listening to Mary's call earlier, and then I heard you talking about how it's amazing how Islam is managing to get themselves into government. What do you think they want to do when they get a real amount of power in there? Yeah, well, I know what they want to do. I know what their agenda is. It's sad that it bothers me, and it's sad that the Christian church as a whole um, does not engage in the culture or in the politics, because quite frankly, we are not putting any men of God into those positions, so why would it surprise us that we have godless decisions happening like abortion and euthanasia, and and we all know, you and I both know where that's going to go. We've discussed it. A lot of times. But that's not because Christians uh, are not getting involved in politics, though, Mike. That is not because Christians what? are not getting involved in politics. That's because of the of the of the shallowness and the weakness of the Christian Church in North America. 
Because if the Christian well, church too. is really, really healthy, you don't have to talk them into doing it. They feel a call of God to do it, okay? And yes, to, and to just get them launching and tell them, you need to get involved in politics more. Well, you know what? If their faith isn't on fire, if they're not alive in their faith, they're not going to do anything when they get into politics anyway. And that's the way it's been like in North America for the last 50 years, generally speaking. Yeah, and I'm not taking blame away from the individual, but in Ezekiel, you know, God is telling, he's telling Jerusalem, but he's really telling the church. Because it's, it's, I think it convicts the church today. He says, what have you done to build up the walls? You've, you've let it be torn down. You've, you've just covered it with whitewash. And then when the enemy yeah. comes against it and knocks it down, the first thing you're going to say is, where's the whitewash? Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty, that's very, I find that very powerful. I think that condemns us today. I think, I don't. What's the, what's the reference there, Mike? That, Mike, what's the reference? Sorry. So the people can look it up. What's the reference you're referring to in Ezekiel? Um, well, I don't mean to put you on the spot there, but that's, that's a good reference. In Ezekiel, I don't remember which passage it's from, but he, he's warning the fall of Jerusalem. He's telling it's going to happen because, uh, they've been, they're being punished. That this is Babylon coming in and taking them over. Yeah. And Jerusalem was the last to fall, I think, of all of Israel and Judah. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard, I've heard. Babylon rule, but then he went in and took Zedekiah and, Put his eyes out, killed the people, and somebody was joking on Twitter that the on. only concern of the only concern of people on uh, in North America is whether or not the concentration camps that uh, you know the Islamists are going to put up for us have uh, free Wi-Fi or not. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is, I, I just don't. We are not strengthening ourselves as Christians, whether that's the church or the church leadership or the individuals. It's maybe it's everybody and everything together. Because how many, as I said the other week. How many people even read the Bible? I, I've heard percentages. Who can know the real number? But I believe the number is high of people who are in church today who don't or haven't read the whole Bible even mm-hmm. once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they're biblically illiterate. Mm-hmm. And, and they're not really interested in you know, taking the Word of God and putting it into application in their lives. They just go punch the clock on Sunday, and they figure they're good for the week. Yeah, they think they're and doing God a favor by showing up at church. Yeah, that's sort of the mentality, whereas it's, I don't understand. We want God to, what, fix everything, but yet we don't want God in charge. We don't want godly people in charge of how life works. We're concerned about the oppressed and, and the poor, but yet we're letting people get in there who do that kind of thing, and we just don't. We just sit by and do nothing. We sing our hymn while they're murdering babies, and while that lady who protests sits in jail. Yeah. For holding up a sign, why did you? Why did you? Why won't you love me? Linda it's Gibbons. Funny how she goes to jail. Linda uh, Gibson. Sorry, Linda Gibson. That's the lady. That's the lady. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just don't see. We're not engaged. We're we're just sort of taking it as pablum, and we're not really doing anything about it. The Bible is not moving in our lives. I think that's a problem. Revelation three sixteen to the end of the chapter, Mike. That's who we are. Yes. I That's, agree. It, 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 Jesus describes it as the church of Laodicea. Uh, the book of Revelation starts off with John, the, the, the disciple John, having a vision, and he has a specific message from Jesus. Jesus gives him a specific message to seven of the major churches in the Mediterranean basin, okay? And yes, Laodicea, which was a very profit, prosperous uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 community, 
you know, and, and considered a very successful church, Jesus has something specific to say to them. And a lot of theological interpreters over the last 2,000 years, well, 1,800 years, have believed that Laodicea was a prophetic church, that it was, it was prophetic of, of an end-time church. And that this I believe would... the five that are warned are prophetic, because I believe those elements exist in our culture today. In, in the church, within the body of Christ, I believe those elements exist, and I think it's a warning to churches that if you have those elements in you, if you're a believer and you have those elements in you, you better get them out. But I, I think the church in Laodicea, which is the last one, I think that can speak of uh, generally what I would describe as, at the very least, Western Christianity. Okay? That's what it's turned into. That's what it's turned into. Yeah, you're neither hot nor cold, and I'm going to vomit you out of my mouth. Delightful. Yeah, I mean, I and, and, and all through Jeremiah, Isaiah, and uh, Ezekiel, they're all basically chastising. It's the words of God himself chastising his leaders of the church who've allowed his sheep to go unfed. They did nothing to make sure they were clothed or ready for spiritual battle. That's what that is alluding to, With they allowed the wall to be not fixed. Mm-hmm, They've not mm-hmm. been prepared. The, the people, God's people, have not been prepared for spiritual warfare, and they've been scattered because of it, and they've been ruined because of it. And he's not happy with the leadership. Those people are in a whole lot of trouble. Mike, good, passionate way to end the show, buddy. Thanks for calling Thanks. in. Maybe we'll talk about Aaron Hernandez next week. When I get a good call like that, I don't mind shoving my stuff. Have yourself a decent week. We're back at it. Next Sunday night live at 9 o'clock. You can check out our podcast at LateNightCouncil.com. You can drop me an email during the week, jc at LateNightCouncil.com. You can tweet at me. You can tell your friends. And, hey, if you don't like it, you can like uh, tell people, nah, don't listen. It's a waste of time. But I don't think you think that. Otherwise, you wouldn't have stayed up this late with me. And I appreciate uh, that you did. Uh, go, Sens, go. You Leaf fans, you know. Hey, look, at suffering produces great things. Maybe God wants, make, wants you to make you more Christ-like. You know, that's why you root for the Leafs. I don't know. And you Habs fans, look at, you know, I'm, I'm mourning with those who mourn and for about three minutes, and then I'm going to be excited about my team taking on the New York Rangers. Have yourself a delightful week. Good night. Good night.